Robin Smith Game Scene Episode 5 Obsession The addictive qualities games have, if any, the compulsive need some people may seem to have to build a game's collection, and the consequences that may arrive when those obsessions go too far. Are games bad for you? As a silly question, the answer undoubtedly is no. You do not ingest games, unless there's something wrong with you, and you have a career as, say, one of those people who, in the circus, eat planes and you have it as an after. The point is, unless you sometimes suffer from motion sickness, you're unlikely to be unwell after playing any games. The only occasions in which gaming could lead to possible poor health is through excessive playing. Then, sure, excessive playing is bad. That's why it's called excessive. But even then, poor health is from lack of exercise, a diet or living environment. So do games influence us, knowing or unknowingly, into obsessive or addictive play? Sure, those who have already addictive mindsets will become prone to focus on games in an addictive way. But games are not addictive inherently. Maybe it could be argued that they are built to be compulsive. Much like a TV show has cliffhangers that drive the viewer to come back next episode, games are designed to keep people coming back for more. But this is just a means to motivate people to complete or see the whole of the game and is obviously not intended to drive continual play. The question is, do games publishers and developers have the right or place to step up and control how people play their games? Even if they were to try, it's very difficult to enforce any sort of time-based play scheme. At best, you can only reward less for playing excessive amounts. I am Donna Nicholson and I am the podcast host and community manager for playeraffinity.com and I also work for Ubisoft as a forum manager. Have you ever felt that playing a game could have an adverse effect on your emotional or physical well-being without your knowledge? Not without my knowledge, no. I mean, perhaps other people? (laughs) Perhaps. But not without my knowledge, no. I think I'm pretty aware, um, you know, of, of effects of gaming. Um... If I, and you know, I'm 
like any other gamer, I think I could easily sit and play for hours on end, but I also know that I can't really do that too much because there will be physical um, consequences for it. So I, I would force myself to stop. And, um, you know, I've certainly been sedentary too long in the past and put on a few extra pounds that I thought, you know, okay, this is because I'm sitting on my butt playing my games too much. Um which was my fault, not the game's fault. So, no, I don't. I personally, from speaking for myself, no. And have you ever spent more time than you should on one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, there's been a few games that I, I know I've spent way too much time on. And... Um, you know, at, at one point, you know, my husband's a gamer, but at one point it had gotten to the so bad that he was like, OK, this is really starting to affect things at home. <laughs> so I, of course, pulled back from playing as much. He doesn't have a problem with me playing. I just, you know, some moderation was needed in that area. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely played too much. All games addictive. Yes, for me they are. I think it depends on the personality, really. Um, I think there's addictive personalities, and I think that there are people who don't have addictive personalities. And overall, I would say I don't. But in the one area where I tend to uh, be that way is with gaming, because, you know, I love it. I enjoy it. I like the challenge, and I like the fun, and I like socializing. And so, yeah, for me, I would say it's addicting. Absolutely. But other people can probably be moderate, more moderate about it quite easily. Do games change you? We've all heard the age-old brouhaha about violent video games, turning those who play violent. Well, this is a total fallacy. Playing games with or without a violent context doesn't cause people to become violent as people. But it is true that people have been recorded becoming aggressive during play. One would assume this would be during competitive play, but it also seems that on many occasions people have a tendency to become aggressive, angry or lash out when play is interrupted. This isn't an aim of games by way of design. But it does raise questions about the influence games have on us. The chemical imbalances that may happen while we're playing a game that gets us excited. Adrenaline bumming into our body and our system, driving us to become more aggressive, to lash out. It's more important to avoid denying that instances of this kind do occur. It would be a mistake to do so. Well, I am Matthew Arazzo, and I'm the host of True Geek Radio, part of the True Geek Media banner. This podcast is up every episode, every Sunday we record. You can subscribe on iTunes or actually just go to the website uh, and just listen to it there. Uh, have you ever felt that playing a game could have an adverse effect on your emotional or physical well-being without your knowing? Um, I think... So I, I think I, I, I do think I think it has to be based on the person though. 
Um, if, 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 if the question's for me personally, um, no, I, I, games don't affect me. They, they, they make me feel something. Um, but I never had my mood changed by a game after playing it. I may have been more, if, if the game, well, let's say like Bioshock, let's go back to that example where um, I, I, I'm thinking about player agency and how the game worked. I, I'm like, I'm thinking about that. I'm, I'm sort of bummed out that I was used as a player, but it's never like my personality has changed or anything of that nature. Um, but they have affected me. Um, now, somebody who may have a more... Uh, malleable palette to themselves they may be able to be affected like to the point where that game seeps into everything they do and they are now writing fan fiction about it or they are just like talking about it all the time or, or something like that 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 yeah they can affect but me personally i haven't i haven't had my mood really affected for a long time period usually about a couple minutes after the game is done i'm like oh that was great and i think about it or i'm like you know that that ending kind of sucked i feel bad for the characters but never really like I've never felt a personality or, or, or definite mood change from a video game. Have you ever spent more time playing one than you should have? Oh, definitely. Just on like this past Friday, I was playing Dark Souls for about six to seven hours, um, just nonstop playing. Um, and that was way too long for me because I, I have things to do. I have a show to run. I have a show to plan. And I, I'm not doing nothing but playing Dark Souls. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've definitely played games for way too long. Um, staying up late or staying home from work and just playing games um for longer than i should and it usually happens with certain games and the games that do happen with i I usually find those to be my favorite ones like those are the ones i go back to with that in mind are games inherently addictive yes uh, definitely they can be uh it depends and also that depends on the person but i think that the games can be addictive they have things that trigger like things in your brain um I wish I had a study, but I, I, I know I've read it before that they do that. Like, I mean, Call of Duty itself, the Call of Duty series, seeing those numbers pop up, seeing your bars fill up, seeing your your kill count go up, that's immensely satisfying. You're just you're making progress in something, and you're having fun doing it. So immediately you're attracted to that game and you addict to it. I mean, if you have an addictive personality, like that, even worse. I mean, that's that is um, it's like a like a hot pot for something for you just to be addicted to. And I think they can be completely um some people don't have that kind of personality where they can play a game for an hour and be like okay i'm done with this even if it's call of duty but i think games the good games that try to get people uh, hooked definitely have things that they're putting into those games to get people addicted I, I i honestly believe they can be why does the collector collect is it for pleasure to build a nice looking display or to archive for the gaming medium's future. Many people collect game after game and post YouTube videos of their collections. These are the 30 games I got this week, they proudly proclaim. And while they say it's because they love games and they play them all, you'll often find games unopened, unplayed and unloved. While there's no shame in not playing games, it is a shame that some games are hoarded by people. Other people who collect obsessively, collectors, archivists, or just compulsive hoarders. While there's nothing wrong with collecting and owning games, collecting several of the same game and never opening, that's a tragedy. It's a shame if future generations do not get to experience a good archived history of our gaming. 
and it's important to collect and archive games to an extent. Thankfully, downloadable archives of classic games across all consoles, from Wii to Xbox 360 and through PS3 to PC, help bring many older games to new people. It's important that all games are archived and kept safe to some extent or another, good and bad, loved and hated. It's important for the history of the medium. Well, hello, my name is Sam Turner and I'm a regular contributor and producer for the website inretrospectpodcast.com as well as hosting my own monthly show. I also feature and edit and produce our monthly show Free Play and um, I also from time to time dabble in video games criticism for a number of internet outlets. Have you ever felt that playing a game could have an adverse effect on your emotional or physical well-being without your knowledge? Okay, let's tackle this one one at a time. Um, Never felt that um, uh, games would games, you know, have have a, a negative impact on my emotional well-being. If anything, games have constantly always, um, you know, encouraged me to experience emotions through another medium and 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 and, and embrace them. Um, uh, obviously, there are probably several games that I've played that may have emotionally got through to me, um, and I've never sort of had it at the time and you know those are games that I've I've dreamed about and I remember dreaming about like Half-Life 2 and um, I think I had a dream about Dead Space 2 once which is not a kind of dream that you want to have and um, that obviously shows that emotionally these things are getting through to me in a way that I'm not um, really aware of um, and to me that's a sign of a game doing its job you know that that game has got to me on a subconscious level and I'm thinking and my brain's mulling it over whilst I'm meant to be relaxing so then that means that I'm even more engaged with the product when I when I go back to it um, but I don't I don't think that's ever been a damaging experience you know it, it may Dead Space 2 may have been one of the scariest things I've ever played but after a while, I, you know, learned to emotionally kind of embrace fear and, and look forward to it. I mean, you play that game, it becomes addictive at times to throw yourself into into situations and get scared. It's the strangest experience, and I've never experienced that with, with anything else. And, you know, fear is one of these things that is meant to be damaging, but, you know, put forward in a controlled situation, in a controlled experiment like that in Dead Space then it almost becomes um, therapeutic to be scared in a controlled conditions. Um, so, no, I've never been emotionally damaged from a game and definitely not aware of it. Um, but um, physically, um, I mean, my brother once threw a, a PS1 controller at my head and gave me black eye. <laughs> And I once whacked a guy in the face with a Wii controller whilst going for a home run in baseball. Um, but nothing that I've nothing that I've ever been 
aware of. I guess that, you know, um, there's obviously times when you're playing games that um, might lean forward when there's something really interesting. That's not something you have register or, you know, when you grip the pad or, um, or like, just, just simple things like when you're a kid, like not being aware that you're tilting the controller up to make your character jump higher, which is something I still do now, uh, or push it forward to get them to run faster or turn around corners. But none of that is, none of that is ever adverse. It shows that the medium's doing, doing its job. If you're having an emotional reaction to something or a physical reaction to something and you're not knowing it, um, then I don't think that can ever be really, um, really ever damaging because that shows that as a medium, video games are doing something which is far beyond a, uh, a cognitive level. They're, they're subconsciously having an effect on you in some way. And um, that, that's got to be a kind of a good thing, I think. Um, have you ever spent more time than you should playing a game? I remember fondly my time with Fallout 3, and um, this was a game, and it very rarely happens that I sort of get myself so in tune with a game that I'll, you know, eat at ungodly times and, and stay up and, and spend my time outside of work just playing a game for hours and hours and hours, but, you know, socially the situation fitted, I just moved to a new location, didn't have many friends all my friends were were hundreds of miles away and so you know it's just me and my console and no other distractions and work was quite forgiving at the t- time and so it was just me in this in this game and 30 and 40 hours into it um never once did i think or you know never once did that make me feel dirty or ashamed you know, i felt quite proud that i spent so long in this world and then I lost the game save, and that the effect that that has on me is I've not played played an RPG since. And but in a way that kind of made me realise about how you know you let the right game do it to you, then. You know where 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 did that stop? Like in that forty hours that I played that game, I think I'd done about two chapters of the story, and I just started, you know, asking questions of what what the things have I what, what have I missed during during playing this game? And you know, if it, that may sound really sort of verbose and, and and sort of pompous and pretentious, but I think that. You know, when you lose time invested into it, and there has been no outcome, I've never seen the credits to that game. I've never really explored the story, I've just explored the world. And it's just like waking up from a dream. It's just like you're in this dream and everything's fantastic and wonderful, and you wake up from it, and you're never going to get that back. You can't go back to sleep and have exactly the same experience again. And for, for having that to happen, it was, you know, then it kind of made me realise that I had been playing the game for for too long and I had not got anything out of it. And so that certainly changed the way that I, you know, I, I play it out. And um, 
that if I want to go back to an RPG, then I've got to think about my time spent with it and time doing anything else. And I think you can spend a lot of time with a game, too much time with a game. Um, and if you think to the contrary, then spend a lot of time with a game and then delete the save file and see how you feel about it. And uh, then, <laughs> and then you know, then you've got something to add to your argument because if you feel that you know it's worth to go back into that world and do all that time again, or you feel like after deleting a whole forty hours of work, that you know, is it was was it really worth it? Then that that says something about the game and the experience that you were having, and. At that time, I didn't know it, but I was spending too much time playing that game. It's, uh, well, my name's Peter Willington, and I am uh, a man of many trades. Uh, I am the handheld editor of pocketgamer.co.uk. Uh, I am the founder of inretrospectpodcast.com and I am a good-for-nothing freelancer uh, when I have the time. Personal favourite moment in video games? (laughs) Uh, Finding the... Finding Meryl's frequency on the back of the Metal Gear Solid game box. Um, I spent two hours running around the first three areas of Metal Gear Solid trying to find the uh, codec frequency for Meryl. Because she said before departing, you can find it on the back of the box. And I thought that she was referring to a a box in the game. And when I found a cardboard box... That made me think it was even more in something like that. So I spent two, maybe three hours trying to position Snake in a place where I could look at the box that I'd hidden in uh, so that I could see the codec frequency. Uh, and then I kind of like ran around looking for all this sort of different stuff, like trying to find all the boxes that I could find and trying to find this. Yeah. And then uh, I spoke to a friend of mine and, went and, then said, and they basically said to me, yeah, it's on the back of the actual game box, the, the box that it came in. And... Uh, that moment I felt more like a fool and more confident in the abilities of the game developers of the day <laughs> than I'd ever felt ever and I I don't think I felt that ev- that way ever again uh, just because it was such a profound experience most important game you have ever experienced it <laughs> I, it always comes down to two games for me, and <clears throat> well, it comes down to a few, obviously. But I think for me, what's important right now is my career, and I wouldn't be writing about games if I hadn't played Metal Gear Solid. But I wouldn't have got Metal Gear Solid if my friend hadn't played Tony Hawk's Two with me like constantly um, my friend had THPS2 and we I would go around there and play it non-stop and I had a Nintendo 64 at this point because I'd saved up and got one second hand uh, like I'd saved like I'd saved up all of my pocket money like for the best part of about five months 
to get the 64. And I hated it. Uh, and so I traded it in and got PS1. And I had, like, no games. Uh, but I got that PS1 because I wanted to play Tony Hawk's 2. Um, because I loved everything about it. I loved the way that it felt. I loved skateboarding at the time. The music defined the music that I am interested in now. Like, like when I was young, I was into punk rock, and I still am. Like, like Dead Kennedys, Bad Religion, No FX, Pennywise, like... All of these, like, fundamental, like, social distortion. And then, like, hip-hop, like, Public Enemy and, like, the, the hard rock of, like, Rage Against the Machine. Like, that that soundtrack is incredible. And it does not get enough respect for what it did for an entire generation of youth. Um, so it involved, like, all of my music. And it made me go out and buy a PS1. And then I managed to play Metal Gear Solid. Which made me think that, hold on games can do something interesting and new and they don't just have to be about score they can be about they can be about changing your perception of the world but that philosophy would have only that that philosophy only came about because I wanted to do a Christ air in my own house uh, and and getting a Playstation to play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is the only reason that that came about. So uh, I'd say, yeah, uh, uh, Activision are in some ways responsible <laughs> for me, yeah, for me getting into this industry. Who do you feel is the most important person, or if you like, team, mm. working in the industry today? Obviously, obviously, the most important person in video games, and I would, I would argue with anyone. To, to dispute this uh, is Miyamoto like, hands down Miyamoto is the reason that every single person who is listening to this is playing video games uh, but in terms of modern output actually my favourite um, my favourite creator is uh, Guichi Suda um, guy behind No More Heroes and the criminally overlooked uh, Flower, Sun and Rain um, he helped out on Killer7 uh, and he just did Shadows of the Damned yep. uh, and he's working at the moment on my a game that I'm incredibly excited for which is a game called Guild One uh, which is coming out on 3DS uh, and it's, he's making a small game as part of a collection of games in one, car, uh, in one cartridge called Guild One um, and what he's making at the, what he's making sounds amazing um, but No More Heroes, uh, for me, is is the epitome of what we could do with video games. Um, uh, it gets a lot of flack, that series, uh, for not being a very good game. And actually, I'd argue it's a, it's a very, very cool title. Um, not just for art style or for its story or for being wacky, um, but because actually what Suda51 is doing in that series is taking the piss out of every single one of us like he he leaves absolutely like Goichi Suda is laughing in every single person's face at the end of No More Heroes 2 like there is not a single person who has interacted with that product or not interacted with that product that that uh, Suda-san is you know hasn't taken the mick out of he's he's attacking otaku he attacks all gamers like 
He attacks people who don't play games. He attacks like the elderly and the young and the infirm and women and men and transvestites and transsexuals and uh, like straight people and gay people and people who don't understand uh, sexuality at all. Like he attacks anime and manga and um, Japanese culture and American excess and like and at the end of the game, at the very end of the game when I thought I'd completely escaped his gaze and his judgment because I thought I'm a very smart I'm a very smart critic I know what he's doing here this is he's very droll very dry but he hasn't got me uh, at the very end he manages to go up like uh, Travis touchdown manages to go into this big speech about about basically this kind of meta-narrative about what's happened and how how the game has kind of been a pastiche about everything and is kind of talking to the people who are like, you know, like me, very much like me, sort of like scratching their beards like, mm, yeah, this is, this is highbrow stuff and then right at the end is an ass shot, just a shot of a woman's ass and he manages to sort of go it's basically Suda at the end going, fuck you all, because you think that you're really smart because you've understood this game, but what makes you think that it is a smart game? Maybe it's just a game about a guy with a lightsaber and he likes girls. Like, maybe that's all this game is. And, you know, you looking down your spectacles at me and saying that I'm this auteur, you need to lighten up. And he is fantastic. Like, he is Amazing, um, and he really is making the, the 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 kind of work that we should all be buying in spades. But we're not, unfortunately, because it doesn't appeal. So. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs>